Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping, obviously, uh, we are looking for your support. But before we get there, I want to thank everybody who came along on Thursday evening to the Sugar Club for what was a special evening on stage. Uh, suffice to say, it was an honour to hear Shane Core, in his own words, explain his experience tell his story about being a whistleblower within the civil service. Everybody who was there was blown away by his courage. And I will have that conversation out for you guys as quickly as I can. If you're a patron, I'm working on it right now. It's it's on the screen, so the audio is rendering for the first time. And you'll be able to get it on patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack as quickly as I can turn it around. If you're not a member, please join us. It's the easiest bit of activism you can do every month. It's a couple of quid to you, but it's mics on and conversations like the one you're about to hear about what is the most important general election taking place in Europe, probably this year anywhere, because Spain is going to the polls and we're looking at fascists being in power. I don't need to go on too much about it because Owen Gilmartin, who you're about to hear from, breaks it down really well on what's at stake. Please give it a listen and then keep an eye on the polls this Sunday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Please join us. It's one more time. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise The link is at the top of the podcast that you're listening to right now. I'm going to stop rabbiting on. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and it's great to be back in studio with another in-studio guest. You know, idea how much better it is, folks, to get people in studio, to have that conversation. Unfortunately, it's not with someone who I'm really very looking forward to talking <laughs> to. Uncle Martin, own freelance journalist, writer with Jacobin, writer with uh, Navarra Media and our friend in Madrid happens to be home for a few days and has paid me the courtesy of dropping over. Oh, thank you so much for coming over. I'm only joking. It's hey, good to Tony. See you. No, it's great, great to be here. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's nice to be out of Madrid. It was 40 degrees when I left. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Can I be for, let's go there first. Um, flash floods in Zaragoza. Um, oh, the, the footage was incredible. I don't yeah. know if you, uh, for, um, People on top of their cars being dragged away. Hailstones down in, in one part. Cordoba, 47 degrees yeah. was recorded. That You can't live at that level. No, it's it's miserable. You can you have to get up and out and do something early in the morning or at night. But apart from that, yeah, the rest of the day you're inside. Basically, it's it's miserable. Yeah, no, it's it, and and this is because we're playing it. We saw today when we were recording this earlier today. The nature restoration laws were not killed in the European Parliament. They voted to let them continue with they want amendments done. That's a good step. But my God, like they're tuning us in on the basis that we've time to almost debate this. We don't. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. It's happening where you live. Exactly. Yeah. And for some reason, or well, for quite obvious reasons, they've caused an election in July. So it's the first time they've ever, Spain is ever going to have a July summer election. Mad. And yeah, in, in Cordoba, it's going to be at least 40 degrees. And w- one of the interesting things in Spain is you have a system a bit like jury ju- duty where you can be called up to man the uh, the voting uh, centres. Mm. And so pe- people are going to have to spend 14 hours in, un- in an unair conditioned school, um, you know, yeah. overse- overseeing the vote. I mean, it's 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 mad. And yeah, I mean, the, the issue in the European Parliament is also worrying because it's another another example of a of a of the trend of of seeing a new strategic alliance emerge between the conservative traditional right and the extreme right. Mm. And I think we could see it's going to be the case in Spain, but also after the next European elections, it looks like the European P- People's Party is moving in that direction. The line has blurred between where we say this is the centre right and this is the far right. Has, is that unfair of me? No, I mean, I guess w- the example of Spain is always a bit distinct because the popular party, the mainstream conservative party, was founded by ex-Francoist ministers. Hmm. What? The main founder was um, Manuel Fraga, who was one of the great ideologues of of late Francoism. Mm. You know, a, a radical right thinker, um, brilliant 
philosophically on, on one level as a as a as an ultra conservative thinker. But yeah, it's and in that sense, they've never the Pepe have never never come to terms with the country's past and the legacy of that. So Vox is also the extreme right party in oh, Spain. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're, we're, we're getting to them, we'll but, get to this, but, yeah. the, but the distinction compared to pretty much every other European country is that Vox is not a, a party that grew on the margins. It's a, it's a breakaway group from the Pepe. Okay. And because the Pepe always had basically fascist inside mm. that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people um, who, who formed, formed uh, Vox's uh, leadership were in, were in the phalange in their youth. Mm. Then when they wanted a job and a bit of money, they went, they entered the Pepe as, as yeah. advisors, etc. And then after 2011, when the PP didn't repeal abortion laws, didn't repeal gay marriage, didn't go in hard against the, or hard enough against the Catalans and the Basques initially for them, mm-hmm. They they broke away and formed their own party, which was Vox. Mm. So you know we are, we are talking. Yeah, so, so there talking, were fascists within yeah, that party already. Yeah, and I, like again, I don't want to be like you know, our, Ireland doesn't have a great history in terms of uh, the or, or the Finnegale origin story. It, it, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, like I mean, like you know, they did go. It, it, this wasn't uh, the La Quinta Brigada. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we we have our own um, issues. Our yeah. own issues, absolutely, we do, and didn't cover ourselves in glory when it comes to certain certain aspects. And events in world history in the last 100 years but it's particularly concerning and you've written a really good piece um, for uh, Navarra uh, on, on the build up to the election and now I'm going to put it to you that it's probably overly optimistically framed in my opinion that there's a that there's still an opportunity here for the what people listening to this may consider the radical left there's a person in there who actually is a lifelong communist right um, I thought did you see Lula's video recently and, and the Brazilian president where it was put to him saying he said people are, keep insulting me calling me a communist and a socialist he goes but I am you know? <laughs> okay okay so, exactly yeah. so, so uh, with Diaz that's the case she is a lifelong uh, member of the communist party she she tries to downplay it now or at least she's I mean she is still a member yeah hmm. um, that's, and that's her background her father was uh, a founder of the Comisiones Obreras, the sort of communist affiliated trade union. He went to jail in the seventies for, for for his political activities in the last years in the dictatorship. Mm. And yeah, I mean, she she has been um, a member of the Communist Party for for since I think she was a teenager. But can I can I, can I ask you a personal question? And it's probably not fair to me asking you, as 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 I know you're a freelance journalist, but you also have your own podcast as well. Folks, you yeah. can check it out. Um, you're a fan of hers, aren't you? No, I am. Yeah, no. I mean, that's. I mean, I I mainly write for left wing um, news organisations, so I suppose in that sense, it's not. It's not. Mm. Um, it's not a secret. No, I mean, I think she's an interesting figure. Very charismatic, a you know, brilliant parliamentarian in terms of dem- demolishing the the rights arguments and debates, etc. She's amazing. Yeah, and she, I think she, she 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 opinion polls put her as one of the most popular leaders, even if her party isn't the, or her grouping isn't the yeah. most that people know, exactly know of her as a leader, as someone who they went. Well, actually, this is this is the- for for two things. One was she wasn't that well known nationally. I mean, I I met her a couple of times before she became a minister and really very charismatic, very friendly. She was very interested in Ireland, for example, because mm. she's from Galicia, which has a sort of Celtic roots. But at the same time, she became a well-known national figure bec- when when this left-wing government coalition was uh, was formed back in 2020. And, you know, it was formed January 2020, less than two months before the pandemic hit. Mm. This was the first left-wing coalition 
since the 1930s, mm. which included the sort of radical left in it. And to, you know, it probably should have been formed four years before, but there was the central left refused to, to do the deal then. But it was formed in January 2020. Two months later, the pandemic hits. Diaz, who is the Labour minister, was in charge of the furlough scheme. So mm. she she designed that. And that was when she became well known because the sort of more orthodox, economically more orthodox figures within the centre-left Socialist Party initially resisted the idea of a furlough scheme and, you know, state mm. spending, etc. And she pushed for it. Um, she was th- right. Oh, no, she was right. And I mean, look, even the Conservatives did it in, in the UK. But mm. I think because the left was in power and in charge of these programs, they could then frame it as a form of, of necessary state interventionism, but w- but only the first step and that we need to go further prote- to protect workers. And then 18 mon- months later, she she passed a re- progressive reform of the labour laws in Spain to to strengthen collective bargaining rights and basically to to crack down on the use of temporary short-term contracts. She 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 was she addressed what Martin would would call a much of the bogus self-employment that was as well. That was a se- well. that was separate. No, but I'm yeah. just making no, this point yeah. that sort of stuff that things that have actually benefited. Like I mean, let's as it, have they got everything right? Of course not. Have they got some things really glaringly wrong? You yourself wrote yeah. one of the most definitive pieces on on the massacre of Malia and how they've um, not really had any held anybody accountable for what was, was the killing of uh, innocent people at, at, a, at a border crossing. Um, but you have, I think that's the thing is you have the the radical left is a, is a, it, you know it's a small. It's yes, a, the minor. I, I know that, but they, but but I I don't give the Greens a pass because no no you don't. But I think one of the things was their strategy basically was. And this was all the way from the start was, okay, we don't have access to the ministries of state, mm. of foreign affairs, interior, you know, um, defense, etc. But we will concentrate on on passing social reforms. And what they have done in, in two areas, I mean, and that, that yeah, as you say, that, that um, brings up huge contradictions, particularly around that massacre, around, around immigration more generally, around, for, for example, the, the socialist, turn to the right uh, internationally around the war around NATO around uh, relations with Morocco around housing and and yeah they weren't I think the big failure of this government was around housing that the, the centre left socialist the established left as such wasn't willing to touch rentier interests in Spain which mm. are huge which is which is funny because they did go with a temporary wealth tax which they're now proposing to make permanent and you outlined very well how they want to use this money to to actually well you know it's almost like in, in creating a, a sovereign wealth fund folks if you could imagine that you, you're turning around you're saying to your your 12 year old son or daughter that in you know by the time they between 18 and 20 you're going to benefit from this thing so we're going to pay take the pain now to build a sovereign wealth fund that you will have a kickstart to your life I like. I was laughing. I said to someone the other day um, that we all this. Everybody talks about the Saudi money pouring into golf and football, and and the Norwegian sovereign wealth fund is nearly two and a half times the size yeah. of the Saudi one. Like you know, that's how people. Uh, there's there's another and and here's the here's a dig bringing it back to Ireland for a moment. Um, in the wealthiest three wealthiest countries allegedly in the world, if you take GDP as a metric, which we shouldn't, um, the top two are Luxembourg and Ireland, two tax havens. The third is Norway. Mm. Norway 
is sitting on genuine cash and they've just come up with another uh, I think they've uh, they have a mine that that's going to that's going to feed uh, phosphates for for decades yeah. so so I mean I think like, Morocco's not happy about that no, I think, yeah. of, of all of all the countries to win the lottery you didn't exactly, want, yeah. You didn't, they didn't need us, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. Share the wealth, boys. If we, if we, if we want to do that, we got to share the wealth. But my point being, in Spain, they, they, the failure there to act on housing is something that they they're talking about addressing now. If there's no parallels there between Ireland and and Spain, there's not. But one of the parallels I see is with Portugal where they turned around and realized that they acted too late on housing and they're trying to be more radical now. Yeah. What's your take on on that and how the electorate are, are listening? Because you just said the rentier class, the rentier class in, in Ireland, Portugal, Spain are overrepresented in media and on t- in TV, radio, all of the, all of the aspects. So, so what's, what's your take on it? Yeah. I mean, I think there is an interesting parallel when we're thinking what's, what's going to happen in Ireland if Sinn Féin get in, I suppose, mm. is that I think this, progressive coalition has done a lot of good things but then you've had the crisis of for first the pandemic and then the cost of living crisis and i think why they're struggling in the polls now is basically people have lost you know real work in real wage terms people are poorer than they were four years ago mm. now Sp- spain has in, an inflation rate of less than two percent which is which is like 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 the UK government are are, are yeah. still trying to keep it below double digits. Yeah, you know I've I've free transport at the moment in Madrid, etc. They have brought in intre- interesting policies, but they haven't gone far enough did to protect. To- did all the tolls go? Not all of them, but um, like bus, commuter, train, etc. Yeah, yeah, I do have to. Pay, I think it's it's only it's a sixty percent reduction on the metro, so that you do have to mm. pay for that. You know, I've just because like I do know in Barcelona, there's a bit of hassle about you know the war on cars has kicked off big time, and depending on your um, how yeah. old your car is, yeah, that it's you it's more expensive to bring it into town, yeah, which unfortunately tends to end up as a as a tax on on people who can't afford to change their cars. Basically, yeah. So that's a that's a misstep there. You know? Yeah. No, I mean that's that's it. I mean I think. It's difficult because they they've done a lot, but they haven't. People people are angry because they have you know mm. it, they are poor in that sense. And so one of the things in Spain is that variable variable mortgages you know are very disproportionate disproportionate there. And you know the the, the current government's been undermined by the ECB's you know mm-hmm. punitive raises in in interest rates. Um, so I think it you know it is difficult in t- in terms of housing more generally. They haven't done enough. And look, the left. I think it's it's one of the one of the one of the most interesting examples of trying to trying to pass legislation is that you, you had a four year struggle in government to try and pass pass legislation, and it came too late. Like the actual legislation they passed was pretty pretty decent, but it would have been pretty pretty decent four years ago. Now no one's going to feel the benefits. They only passed it three four months ago, mm. so. In a sense, you know, you're yeah, going no, to the it, you're going it, to the electorate, it, and you're saying me, all these things are going to happen, we, we but nothing's happened. Yeah, and Joe has exactly. Yeah, this stuff yeah. coming, and so so no, it's not going to play. It's like it's like, and I, again, no one wants to. No, I'm not. I'm no cheerleader for Joe Biden, but Joe Joe Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. He, he's saying I've passed all this, you know, changing legislation, but no one's going to see that infrastructure for until after the 2024 election. Yeah. So you know he's not going to get a bounce in the polls because he said here it is on paper. People want to see it in their roads, schools, hospitals, and 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 the infrastructure around them. Similarly here, and we, let's go back to it then. Let's go to the real issue. Vox are sitting somewhere around 14 or 15 percent. And like, but they were they were close to twenty at one point. It's staggering now. In in it shouldn't be because 
you know, I, I, I sat and watched a, a plenary session of the European Parliament yesterday and heard a MEP from uh, the EPP say it's disgraceful that you're that people are um, saying that we're close to the far right on this and equating us with the AFD and then 30 seconds later used an AFD talking point yeah. <laughs> around migration. I thought yeah. that's why we're doing it because the line has blurred and now we're seeing so, so continually it's when it comes to this idea of centre-right or, you know, centre-right politics, it is, and it's clear to me when I see the Spanish polls and I've spoken to my friends in, in, in Spain over the last number of months, that it seems to be very much a, a standard practice of um, punch left and kiss right. Am I am I wrong here that this this is where the this is the, the they're adopting so much more of those policies yeah. and and making a space for those to actually be comfortable should they be successful and actually be the kingmakers now? Yeah, I think I and it, it goes the other way as well. I think you're right, but I think it also goes the other way in the sense that Vox have created space for the for the popular party to move left and take a harder line. Mm. So on, on, I think the the clearest example is around sort of feminist and LGBT rights. Yeah. Is that I think there there is, I mean there still is, but less so a broad social consensus around you know around feminism around um, gay rights etc. In Spain, but you've had over the last four years. I mean I think was it like 2018? The you know even the the Spanish Queen participated in the. Eighth um, of March, feminist, you know, mm. um, feminist demonstration, etc. And so there was this broad social um, consensus, and that's that's been eroded by Vo Vox's anti-feminism. But but has it been eroded enough that because a lot of this stuff gets overstated in the size of the demographic that we think it represents? So like that, where we talked about this. Last week, I spoke to one of the guys, Damien Tom Thompson, who helped write the nature restoration laws. And the big fear was that it was just going to be torn up because the EPP were saying you're going to cancel Christmas. But it didn't. It held. And the line held because I don't think maybe we overstate how big that anti-LGBT culture warrior um, uh, immigrants are going to take your job and um, rape gangs are prowling your streets and like because that's the bullshit these coming out they, like the Vox are talking about globalist conspiracy theories yeah. they're very much in the in the in the frame of like you know um, we're, we're, there's but they're go they're they're going there in part because the PP have now moved right as well hmm. and so they need to continue to distinguish themselves I mean even a couple of weeks ago in a in a major television interview the the socialist prime minister uh, social democratic prime minister Pedro Sanchez said that he he has a lot of friends men in the ages of 40 to 50 who feel uncomfortable with the sort of aggressive feminism that we've seen in the last years and there is that sort of when when the center left are saying that mm. what the center right are saying is yeah this is this is going this has gone too far we need to mm. you know for example the trans rights law which was passed i think that's that's something that's that will if the right get in it'll go or that that'll be one of vox's it, they'll roll back on it yeah basically so there is you know it's there is a sense, I, I think another example around housing actually is an interesting one, is that, you know, sp Spain 10 years ago had this huge um, anti-eviction movement, mm -hmm. which was, you know, one of the most successful social movements in Europe. And there was a real sense of like, you know, after the financial crisis, people feeling, you know, outraged on behalf of all these families who were being evicted. Yeah, yeah. And so the... The discourse at that time was around, you know, stopping evictions, etc. Standing up to some of the the uh, banks, uh, yeah, etc. The multinational funds the, who Ireland opened, well, with open arms. Some of them had, 
issues with with local governments that were pushed back and said no. Okay, exactly. So that was ten years ago. Now the discourse is centered around um, the sort of moral moral scare around um, moral moral scare around uh, squatting. Yeah. That, you know, and this is huge in, in Catalonia. In huge, Cata- in, cause huge. The, the far right, the extreme right, including there is, a, I can't remember the name of the group, but there is a, a pro-independence extreme right now in, in Catalonia yeah. that did very well in, in these areas, which you know quite well, that basically, you know, these smaller sort of holiday towns yep. where people people feel, you know... They, they, this is, I'll give you, I'll, I, for the benefit of listeners, so these are the towns that uh, people maintain a weekend uh, getaway place. So, you know, they come down on a, on a Friday evening after work, they leave Sunday night, and this has been in the family for maybe three or four generations. It's, you know, you're, you're a couple of hours outside of, I mean, it could be Girona, it could be Barcelona. And the big fear of them all now is that while we're, when we leave on Sunday night, someone's going to break in on Monday and um, declare themselves a squatter there and I lose my property rights. And there was, I mean, and you now basically have, I mean, there's these sort of vigilante groups. Are they, are they, are they right? Is this happening? Is it widespread? I didn't see no, anything. No, no, that's the thing is, no, 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 not yet. I mean, that's, I always ask people when they bring this up, uh, do you know anyone who's who's had this happen to them? And none of them did. So it's, you know, it, it's it's pure, it's manufactured by the media, but there is, the, that's it, that's where housing is now centred, not on questions of evictions or anything like this, is that, and a lot of the times... When 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 the right use figures to say to talk about uh, to talk about squatting, they're talking about families who can't meet their mortgage repayments. The banks want to get rid of them. You have people have overheld. Yeah, basically, and suddenly, so so they aren't what they call in Spain occupiers, no, like squatters. Mm. Um, but whereas in reality, a lot of the times. If there is squatting, it's taking place in the countryside, in abandoned old farmhouses. Listen, one of the schemes, one of the schemes in the south was offering people, like literally trying to get them to move to places outside of um, uh, what's the beyond Ale- inland from Alicante. And excuse me, folks, I'm sorry about this, but nonetheless, they you can't get people to live in some of these areas because no, you've yeah. you've built these you've built these homes um they're like Ireland's ghost estates for want of a better term and like even even temperature wise some of them are going to be unbearable over the years to come because they're unbearable now and there's there's issues with that where there are there are huge huge um vacancy issues in some of these things so so it's an imbalance there but i i, I when you mentioned the squatters thing it absolutely something that i've i've had open discussions with and when i asked the question who got caught? Like which you know around the yeah. table? Which one of you? Which one of you lost your weekend home? No, nobody had. So there, um, there are, there are, there is now a very well known vigilante group in in Spain, which which has sort of become a sort of nearly politicized in the sense that they they started a riot in Barcelona a week before or a couple of weeks before the election against the the then radical left mayor Adacalao. Mm. They they tried to attack attack a um, an anarchist collective which had been occupying a, this abandoned building for I think over 10 years they had a, a pretty much got cooperation with the counselling etc so there was no there was no real issue the, the neighbours had no problems with it but these this sort of far far right vigilante group turned up and there was, a, there was a, the, the, yeah. the, the, did you see what happened in Berkeley Road last night in yeah. Dublin I mean, the, all the powers of the state showed up to move yeah. um, homeless people out of an unoccupied building that wasn't been used for a number of years, including helicopters and countless Gardaí. And at the same time, we're talking about, you know, how do we walk elements of the far right into libraries so they can bully people? In, yeah, in, in a, so, so it's it's it is it is happening everywhere. Um, we're just not we're just not drawing the we're just not um, drawing the lines from one thing to the other. Back to the election itself. Yeah. All right. Let's get let's get real here. Um, 
uh, where I suppose I, I thought your 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 piece was sort of saying it's all to play for. And that's true. In campaigns, it's, it is all to play for. I had Kevin Cunningham in the other day and he was great. He, he was talking about, you know, how the Sinn Féin wave in 2020 uh, happened when the election was called. People didn't get interested in politics until the election was called. So uh, he was saying, you know, that, that wave actually just, when people just clued in for a minute and went, yeah, now I actually care. I've spent the last three and a half years sort of not minding too much about politics, just trying yeah. to keep my, my head above water. In this campaign season, what I've seen is the narrative has been now is the time to push back against the the loony left is uh, um, and now is the time to reclaim the center ground. And yet they're saying these things, but the policies are very much of the right and far right. Well, that's, is that the wave? That am I yeah. am I reading? No, the no, wave? no, no. I think you're right in that sense because I mean, again, this is this is where Vox, the extreme right, gives gives the popular party cover. Is mm. that in? You know, the Popular Party or, or the Vox organized a march against the UN Development Goals a few weeks ago. Yeah. This, this is part of the globalist conspiracy. That's, you know, the, for them, Agenda 2030. Oh, the no, U- paying people more than $2 a day is absolute communism. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? They, the, one of their lines they, they say, and I mean, this is the, the leader of Vox, who's got potentially the next uh, deputy prime minister of Spain, mm. basically says, yeah, um, this is a globalist conspiracy. It's a global government. What they want is to destroy, you know, destroy the traditional family. Um, they want to force us all to become vegetarians and eat insects like the communist Chinese, mm. all this all this type of stuff. So compared to that, the Popular Party, you know, it, it works in the sense that, that Vox can mobilize about between 12 and 15% of the most radicalized extreme right-wing voters. And, and did they vote? Oh, and they come out in droves, of okay. course, because they, they have this, they have, the, the, you know, this is a perfect representation of, of their mm. values and identity, you know? So... Vox Vox is able to mobilize the ext- the extreme right very well, better than the Pepe ever was. Mm. At the same time, uh, the Popular Party can position themselves as the reasonable centre, mm. who's only worried about crazy left wing feminists and Basque nationalists who you know and who well, are terrorists and, and, and wealth taxes. And well, yeah, exactly the you know the the burden of taxation, etc. So they they get to position themselves as as the reasonable centre against. Pedro Sanchez, who's 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 framed as this sort of power-hungry, nearly Chavez-esque figure. You know, in Brussels, he's seen as as this sort of moderate social democrat mm. who's you know happy to manage the Spanish economy in sort of pro-Brussels within the sort of rules set by Brussels, etc. Mm. Whereas in Spain, in Spain, he, he, you know, on in the media and the the right-wing outlets dominate the Spanish media. He's portrayed as basically, the, yeah. A Spanish version of Chavez, who is who is you know basically, you he's know, not a crap then in their minds. Yeah, basically a bit like Corbyn. He's like dumped. He's dumped the tradition, the centrist tradition of of the social of the socialist party. And remind listeners, Corbyn is currently the most popular leader. Well, yeah, who's not who's exactly. not actually a leader yeah. in UK politics, which is, yeah. is crazy. He's more popular than uh, Sunak, than um, Keir Starmer, and uh, for that matter, if you want to bring him in and say he's still relevant, Boris Johnson. Um, Corbyn is still more popular than all of them. Uh, so what, what's interesting is okay, Vox is going to prob. I mean, all the politics say Vox is going to lose seats, mm. but it's going to be. It's potentially if the right get in, it will be king, the kingmaker. Mm. So they will probably lose ten seats. But in a sense, they've done their work. In a sense, they've moved the discourse to the right, yeah. and they, you know, they've allowed. Well, isn't that what the? Isn't that what UKIP did to the Tory Party? 
Yeah. They literally dragged the Tory party into their agenda. So so UKIP was almost unnecessary then because you've done like we I've asked people, members of the unionist loyalist community, who's the who's the most effective politician of the last 20 years? And they all said straight off, I didn't think they would, but straight away they went Nigel Farage. But the issue I think in Spain is that ultimately Spanish politics is divided along two axes. One is left, right, the other is territorial, centralization versus the periphery. Mm. And at the end of the day, Basque, 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 you've yeah. heard of you've heard of donut economics. Yeah, Spain is the donut country. Exactly, right? It really is the yeah. donut country, folks. And at the end of the day, forty there's going to be at least 40, 40 MPs, 12 percent of the vote is going to be for regional nationalists. Mm. And they, the right, the Spanish right of you know, with their sort of aggressive Spanish nationalism, have alienated all these people. In the in the past, apart from one absolute majority, the Popular Party always had allies, sort of right wing. Basque and Catalan nationalists were, you know, would do deals with them. Those people won't go near them, particularly with Fox. So the only way the the, the right can actually govern in Spain is if they get an absolute majority. And most of the polls, well, the polls are saying maybe they go from sort of a, a one seat one seat absolute majority to a hung parliament. But, okay, but we'll go back to what happened in Ireland in 2020 then for the benefit of listeners. In any other time other than COVID, we probably would have went back to the polls. Yeah. Because there was no winner. Like obviously Sinn Féin finished with the highest vote. Um, Fianna Fáil finished with, you know, more seats than anyone. Fine Gael got decimated by any... But because... We landed in the middle of a pandemic. It gave them cover to say, well, we're never going in with the Shinners. Uh, and, you know, the uh, the civil war parties, and I'm doing air quotes, folks, um, you know, we'll get together, we'll do that. It probably would have been better for, I know it was difficult during COVID. I understand why we had to have this coalition. I understand why it was done. But it might have been better for the Irish electoral system if we'd, if we'd cycled through those elections because we would have got a better uh, scope. People would have had no hiding place, whether they vote, where they, they voting left and transferring left or where they just, you know, was it just a, a, an anti, look, we're tired of 13 years of, of 12 years of, Shin, of Fine Gael at the time. In Spain, a hung parliament is a real possibility at the, on the back of this now. If they're looking at the numbers, it might actually be the best outcome because it, it may focus minds in a way that you say, do I want, like what we've seen in Sweden and in Finland, where the centre-right has used far-right fascists, like com- yeah. parties that have their origins out of the old Nazi party, went into power in Sweden recently. And we've seen what was been said and, and, and how what the, the proclamations they've made and the best case scenario in a way was like, oh, well, do we really want to put those people uh, handling the levers of power as things are about to get even messier now when it comes to, as I said, like, and one final thing, and I'm sorry to go on so long, but Spain was a big winner in the COVID recovery funds and the money that was coming out of it. A lot of the things that were, the money that was coming in the billions was to be put into tackling what is effective, the Green New Deal, All right? That stuff matters now in Spain because everybody sees everybody I spoke to knows about the droughts. Everybody I said like you're go, you're coming through um you're going by Figueras and the mountains are on fire. Yeah. You know, it like they it's not it's happening in front of our faces. Surely to God am I am I am I, am I hoping for the best case scenario of a hung parliament and maybe that will fo- refocus minds. The problem is in Spain there's been five this will be the fifth election in yeah. six and a half years and 
people people are exhausted politically. You know, it's been a, a decades of upheaval, etc. You had the Catalan independence push. You've had you know various various hung parliaments already, or, or you know, um, and so you, you get a sense the right have the initiative. Mm. In a sense, the left, <laughs> the left basically needs to hold on. They are fighting basically a defensive campaign. The radical left, going back to Yolanda Diaz, will at least will. All the polls suggest they will at least, you know, repeat their their electoral result last time. Which for a junior part, you know, junior yeah, coalition, never, it's never not, happens. You know, yeah. Exactly, no, they usually they get have, wiped out. You know, yeah. they have they they've held the the real issue though. The real issue in Spain is is the disappearance of the old hinge liberal liberal rightist party Ciudadanos mm. because uh, Ciudadanos stole stole votes off both the centre left and the centre right. Hmm. But most of them have now broken and are going with going with the right. And that's why we see uh the popular party do doing so well. But again, we are talking so I think there is a possibility of a very weak sort of version of the current government continuing, but you know, it's, that's yeah, not much the, hope yeah, either. Like, like the polls you, you published yourself uh, earlier, I, I, I stole them. Oh, yeah. Uh, you came in. Vox and Sumar, the two opposites. Uh, Vox and 14.5%, Sumar on 15. Yeah. Um, the PP at 31.1 and the P, P, PSOE at 28.8. Like, this is where it is. It's really in the margins now. And the pro- see the, but the, the initiative is with the right. It is with the right. And the problem in Spain is you have, I guess, a strong... You know, it's not that proportional in terms of regional. So mm. the big cities are underrepresented compared to the the sort of rural areas where the right tends to do well. Mm. And so the you know, yeah, the popular party only has a three point lead as such. Yeah, but it it'll do very well in the in the rural areas. Like like you know, it's a bit like in in the UK as well. No, Labour always does well in Manchester and London. Yeah, but the the Tories end up with a majority. So I think that's another another of the issues. I mean. We are. We you've mentioned you know Finland and a couple of other countries. I mean, I, I would want to reiterate, Fox is a post-fascist party. Mm. These people, like it's. I think you know when you think of it, it's mm. it's sick. Why, why you say post-fascist? Well, because it's not like you know it is in the, only in the sense that it's not you know it's agenda. Well, is it? I mean, it's 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 not about a reestablishment of 1930s totalitarian state. Okay. It's it's more about not like more, not yet. Okay, so that's you know it's it's more 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 remind, about like going me, into sort of remind pol- me um what's what share the vote Hitler got was it was it was about fifteen percent? I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it was, was somewhere yeah, in that region. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and yeah. in eighteen months he yeah. was chancellor. Yeah, you know. No, I'm not. I'm not. Of course, it's a huge leap to make, but it's also something to say because this happened before. Now, Spain strikes me as somewhere where I believe if people sat down and talked about the issues, they would want more of a social democratic model. But I don't, there's there's also a fear that the left might have blown their, their opportunity the last few years. Again, going back to unlike in Portugal, where they've actually continued to try and... They, were you, I mean, were you, were, were in, in Portugal, we're talking about the centre left. No? Yeah, and they've yeah, credited yeah. out and, everyone else. No, 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 yeah. and 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 they and they destroyed the Communist yeah. Party. Yeah, well, not just the Communist Party, Bloco, Bloco yeah. which is the equivalent of Podemos. I, I, I know full well because yeah. I would think, you know, guys, you're not being radical enough. Yeah, you're absolutely not yeah. being radical enough. And I've said it to Joe Pina from the Portuguese government that I think, you know, uh, I, I think I had a conversation with him off air recently where I said, uh, you know, if we were to give you an end of term score, what would you get? And he goes, great marks. And I said, I'll give you a C. <laughs> you know, so so, yeah. but there's but that's sometimes where the bloody electorate is. 
Yeah, well, in, in Portugal it was because I mean that was a yeah particularly post post COVID they just didn't want an election. I think I think in Spain it is the progressive electorate is is demobilized and there is demotivated demotivated as well. And it, one of the issues I mean I was I was in Seville recently and it was interesting talking to a few friends there who were all you know one of them was a member of the Socialist Party, others were voters, and again they probably did represent what what Pedro Sanchez said about sort of men age 40 to 50 in the sense they were more socially conservative they're put off by by certain certain you know certain of the issues which the podemos equality minister Irene montero had ha, has passed and you ha, you do have these areas of like social conservatism where they they do feel very alienated from that type of politics but again it comes back to this global idea that these sort of um the, the the idea that we're now going to talk about um, same-sex bathrooms above and beyond um, people's fucking right. Well, that's to- it. No, it's it's nonsense. But it's, it's, it's absolute nonsense. And yet it gets like I mean we're we're falling down the rabbit hole here. We had the Taoiseach yesterday say that in factually incorrect when you look at any 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 stretch of numbers. I think it was one of the. Um, uh, one, a listener um, pointed out who, who's who's much better at the at the whole uh, numbers on this that uh, based on the people who were saying no to social housing that were in emergency accommodation it was something like 0.016% of offers were getting turned down like yeah. I mean and yet this was this was the this was the kind of mentality and it feeds the bullshit of it's actually it's, it's not the problem with the banks it's not the problem with the vulture funds and the cuckoo funds and the high rents and the and the government's inability to actually build houses by the state it's the problem of some fella who turned down a house because um, someone told me he turned down a house because it doesn't have a stage for his podcasts. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is the sort of crap we're, we're putting up with. And and the people who are worried about those things in Spain, despite there being huge uh, poverty in the country, they tend to be the wealthy people. No, exactly. They're all middle class professionals, so they don't have to worry worry about that. Like, mm. Yeah, they, my, my friend has a second home, home at the beach. Exactly. Um, you know, it's not... It's exactly. It's not. But I think. I think the issue is. I think, for example, the the radical left has also been torn apart by internal fighting. So that's that's for a change. Yeah, for a change. I mean, it's you know that that sort of was a depressing beginning of this campaign, etc. I remember actually, you you were very down about it, and and they had twenty four hours to basically oh, come together and put yeah. together the coalition, which I mean, they, they did, did in the end. Yeah, but they pushed out people before they did. Yeah, but people who had sort of burnt a lot of bridges. Yeah, I, I, look, yeah. I, I, come on, let's let's. But if you're going to build a coalition, you've got to build it. Like, uh, like I, I don't, you know, are, are you running turbidity? Did you get cancelled? You know, yeah. there's no cancel culture. There's actually you're going to work with these people. You're going to go with it. You're going to build a coalition. The broad left coalition right now is on a knife edge in Spain. I put it to you that the best case scenario, in my opinion, is a hung is a hung parliament that they have to go back to the people and look for another another election. My biggest fear is that we're going to be talking in a few weeks' time, me and you, and you'll be crying into your, um, <laughs> into your. You're going to have a what, what's the? I don't know what the uh, a hara. Um, of, yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. But but the, we're going to have the lemon one. Uh, okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Which is lovely, folks. Um, but he, you know, so six part six part lemon and four part beer. <laughs> exactly, good. exactly. And, yeah, and you'll be crying into that, and we'll be wondering how bad it's going to get over the over the next few years. It is because I think also what's interesting about Vox is, I mean, again, it's it's a breakaway from from the PP, and they broke away along socially conservative issues, mm. but they're all ultra neoliberals, and so there's no even you know 
someone like Marion Le Pen will talk about protectionism, will talk about, you know, sort of welfare chauvinism. Mm. These people, they have two two agendas. One is, um, you know, ultra conservative um, policies around, you know, uh, yeah, around reproductive rights, around LGBT rights, around, you know, mm. um, around the recentralization of the Spanish state, cracking down. They've, you know, in their election manifesto is to basically uh, prohibit all pro-independence party, not only even parties, also civil society organizations. Okay. So, you know, yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's, I don't think they'll get that into any program for government, but, no, but it's that's where they're there. going yeah, yeah. On, this, on, on those issues. So they're not post-fascist, they're fascist, but go ahead. Yeah, and at the same time, this is maybe where they're not, they're not fascist, is that they're in, in, the, in economics, they're ultra, ultra liberals. And, well, neoliberals. Yeah, ultra neoliberals. And, you know, it's basically, yeah, it's tax breaks, it's... Well, tax, taxation is theft. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's the free market will fix it's everything. It's remo- the removal, of, for example, of, of health and safety standards. You know, where, where, yeah. they're, where they're governing now already at, at a regional level, they have removed, they removed all um, safety standards around exporting cattle and stuff like this. And then the they should, the, get, they, should they should probably they're probably doing better than we are. Did you did you see the scandal that we had the other night? No, no, no. The RT Investigates did a thing about uh, live live calf exports, and they've been literally kicked yeah. onto, into things. But look, bringing it to a close, right? Bringing this conversation to a close, and it won't, it won't be the last time we sp- speak on. Um, no point in going into the prediction game. I've given you where I think it's going. No point in asking you to 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 call it. But I will ask you: in no matter what the outcome of this, in the wider uh, Spanish political landscape, this is not just a, a this is not just what happens in July. This is the next few years. There's been five elections, as you said. Are we cycling back into a situation whereby? This is actually the reaction to the fact that you know they 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 haven't had power for a number of years now, and does it all boil down to ultimately um, class warfare? More or less, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's it's that's what their economic agenda. I mean, uh, Athnar, the the ex Pepe prime minister, who's the godfather of all the Spanish right, Abascal, the Vox leader, uh, you know, w- went. Via the PP into into Athnar's think tank, etc. He said we need to return to austerity. He came out and said it like that's we the the EU recovery funds have gone to the right people. I the major corporations, the big mm-hmm. energy corporations are going to get a, uh, you know billions to do some greenwashing, etc. Now now that we've had that, it's back to austerity. The you know and that's bailouts, that's, bailouts for them and, and austerity yeah. for the rest of you. Uh, at the same and Vox Vox have no problem with that. What they want and what what's we've seen at a regional local level is they'll take ministries where they can wage ideological and cultural cultural warfare. Mm. So they'll take education. Yeah. They'll take the culture ministry, maybe even the agricultural ministry. You know. Um, Things like that, anywhere, and anywhere, leave, they, anywhere they can get their fingerprints yeah, on, and um, maybe on, the interior ministry to control the police. But and, economics and, and, a, and a junior nothing. and a junior ministry in in uh, something to do with immigration. Yeah, exactly. Where, but they they there's a consensus on, between the center center right, the so called center right, and the far right on economics. Mm. That's the way that's going to go. It's it's going to be brutal. And you know, I I live in Madrid. Madrid already has a, you know a pretty hard right. Administration, mm. you know, when you when you compare it to Barcelona, where you have these, you know, wonderful 
programs of pedestrianisation, building social housing, etc. And Madrid is just a me- you know unregulated mess. And there was a blowback to that in Barcelona now. That well, there is. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Jesus, God, it, don't depress me even no, more. I, but yeah, I there know, we go. But that's the truth. Like it was almost like going, no, stop, stop telling us we want nice things. We'll tell you what we want. Yeah. Um. And and th- that blowback has happened. Look, I, I'm conscious of time. Thanks so much for talking to me. Do check out Owen's own podcast. Do check out Owen's pieces. Uh, look, I'll link to the, to the most recent piece in the thing. Follow him on Twitter for the um, slow-moving uh, car crash that's coming over the next few weeks because, yeah, it could get, well, it's going to get messy um, and it's well worth pe- keeping an eye on. I often like to think that, you know, even though we speak English, I think that we're closer to the, uh, I want in my heart is to be closer to that Spanish um, well, Iberian. That's, that's what they always t- say to me about the Irish is that the Irish are, are Spanish people that got lost walking north. Yeah, well, we'll take that as a way to finish. Thanks for listening, folks. Um, I think um, we have, yeah, we did. We, we, we were scheduled to have a, another pod today that was cancelled on me and we'll have to look into why that happened. But uh, we, we have another we have another one scheduled for you tomorrow on uh, our roving reporter in the north, our, our, good, our good loyalist friends, uh, Sam McElwain. is going to be visiting a couple of bonfires this evening. So we'll, uh, we'll get the, we'll get the reports on and what, what, what it was like at the, uh, at the, at the front of the fire from Sam tomorrow. Talk to you all soon. Take care. Bye bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Echo Chamber Podcast. Subscribe now on Patreon.